Hello, rogues. It's episode 12 of the Streets of Avalon re-release. We are eight stretch goals in as of this recording, which means along with the physical or PDF book, you'll get two classes, a supplement on firearms, two adventures by the creator of Avalon, ten magic items and spells, four character write-ups, and a map of a neighborhood. Next is a district map of Avalon, and there's even more goodies beyond that. So click on the link in the post notes if you want to get in on all the dark city-wide urban fantasy action, or you can just type in tinyurl.com slash streetsofavalon. Now before we get to the play, let's continue our conversation about the different areas of Avalon. Dockward, South. The Dockward is a haven for the most desperate or despicable residents of the city, and is considered by some to be the worst place in Avalon. Here the buildings crowd together, some leaning precariously on their crumbling foundations, and the roof walks and alleyways are home to scores of unfortunate folk who cannot afford even the flop houses that dot the landscape in the southern section of Avalon. The folks here look out for themselves, and those they know they can depend on. Neighborhoods are tight, with direct action taken against anyone who breaks the unwritten dockward rules. Griffins are bribed and beaten, or if they're locally born and bred, they understand how things work and when to let the locals deal with delicate matters of justice. Local markets are small, and prices for those from the area are usually a bit cheaper than those from outside the docks. Trade from across the sea and fishing fleets that bring food are huge money makers for this section of the city. Even with much of the coin going to the guild masters and nobles, the seasonal booms of employment during summer and fall help folks who suffer through the bust times of winter and spring. The Garrisons, East and West In the eastern and western garrisons, where most of the merchant and religious organizations are headquartered, commerce is king. The trade from outside the walls of Avalon comes through the east and west gates of the city, meaning most of the grains and non-seafood stuff in Avalon's markets start their journey here. The inns and taverns, as well as the various guilds in these areas, do very well during the harvest times, and they usually have first pick of the goods that come into the city. Fresh as food from gateside is a common saying for that reason. Outlanders are a much more common sight at the garrisons. Those with business in Avalon usually do it in these areas, giving inns and taverns within the garrisons a fair amount of outlander traffic. Such traffic, of course, also brings bards, storytellers, and pickpockets. Central Bazaar The seat of commerce is home to the largest permanent marketplace in Avalon. The bazaar encircles the tower clock that sets its time based on the regular schedule of the horrifying and yet timely lamplighters. All clocks in the city reference the tower clock, and thus the movements of the lamplighters determine the time for all of Avalon. The market boasts the best and most diverse collection of goods and services for sale anywhere in the city. It is also the only official marketplace that the magistrates recognize as a legal place to purchase and sell gunpowder and firearms. As the locals say, if you want it, the Central Bazaar has it. That's all for this installment. Now on to the next episode, and if you've backed the Kickstarter, I thank you. And if you have or haven't, please tell your friends enemies, any monsters that you might know, the rogues that you associate with, heck, even tell the rogues you don't associate with, I mean, trying to get your throat slit in the process, and everyone in between about the Streets of Avalon. Last time on the Streets of Avalon, our rogues... No, wait. The important thing to note is Fiona asked a lamplighter to rip her eye out and replace it with an elithid's pearl orb. There was also something about destroying or disposing of the box, but really, her eye. I can't wait to see what happens next with that. Welcome to the Streets of Avalon, played by the Wednesday Evening Podcast All-Stars, and presented by Misdirected Mark Productions, in conjunction with Gaming and BS, She's a Super Geek, and the Knights of the Night. Now for the introductions of our GM, the players, and the characters. 
Uh, Brett B. from Gaming and BS. I am the Dungeon Master. Hi there, this is Kevin Lovecraft. I'm playing a bard in this 5e campaign, Maris Solanus. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm one of the GMs and editors of Knights of the Night Actual Play Podcast. I am uh, playing a druid character, Nora Maginis, also known as Grandmother. I'm Emily from She's a Super Geek. I make up about one half of it, technically. I am playing a ranger, Fion McFinnegan, and I am on a quest to become a full adult in the eyes of the village. And my name is Chris Nizak, and I am one of the hosts and, I guess, the architect of Misdirected Mark Productions. I am playing a character called Vassar Vim. I am a rogue who lives on the hard streets of Avalon, and I'm just trying to make a buck, and I try to keep my word. And I turn the microphone over to Brett B. I lean over to Red. So, evidently someone's drinking some bitter wine tonight? Yeah, and uh, Morris and I do the, like together and yep blow up yeah a little fire water shot knock back grandma how are you how are you viewing all this fion dear oh shit let's not forget where their eye was last and the decisions made by that creature you must keep your own mind and your own wits about you don't let it drive you completely use it as a tool fion's going to slightly misinterpret this and say Oh, but grandmother, we washed it, <laughs> thinking she's worried about sanitation. Uh, I mean, she takes what grandmother says, but she maybe plays a little naive. So, Vassar, you are in your home right now. I am. You're in the home that you have left, willingly or not willingly. You have abandoned, in a way, this place that you grew up, in the, the, your, your family's business. And the four of you are here. You're all drinking. Everything that has happened the last three, four days running through Vassar's mind as as it would, right? I mean, Maris has his own demons with what he just dealt with. Vassar, as you walk, I'm envisioning... I remember my father building that table. Yeah, dad was whatever, but that table came from my dad. That's always sat in that corner. That mug that sits over there in the corner belonged to Tomlinson. And Tomlinson was that guy. He drank himself to death. You know, the gods love him, you know, but he was always there whenever mom needed help. I mean, there's, you're surrounded by memories and it's kind of that almost a maudlin effect hitting. You want me to give you a few? Yeah, go for it. There's the door that Allison would always walk in and out of for the last three years. There's the stairs that her brother and sister would run up and play on sometimes. There's the bar that my mom would just stand behind and serve drinks to to Rory and McFinnigan and the whole gang from the south side. So you're in a position now, Vassar, when you look back. This is not me trying to put words in your mouth, so I apologize. But it's that I'm envisioning Vassar looking at this. This is the biggest God's damn thing that's ever happened to you. It's huge. This is bigger than you. Is this something, so this is Game Master to Chris, is this something that Vassar wants to stay in? Vassar's street savvy. He gets this. There are probably 16 different outs he could find to walk away from these three and let them deal with it. Does he stay or does he want to walk? No, he stays. Okay. Vassar's good to his word. Always has been. Okay. He said he'd deal with it. He's going to deal with it. So when that temptation, when that rears its head in the back of Aster's mind saying, you could leave, there's no reason you have to be loyal to these people. It's just Mara. She could always get another bard. That's It's the, the shake of the head, one more whiskey down. No. 
I gave my word. This is what we do. This is who we are. So if, if that's the internal monologue that you want me to uh, elucidate, then here you go. I stop at the stairs as I'm about to walk up. I look around and I have those thoughts. And I'm like, I don't agree with this. I think we should destroy this thing. That's what I think in my head. But I said I would deal with this. And I said I would take care of my mom. And I said I would take care of this place. And I said I would take care of Allison's family. So I guess I better go down with those fools and make sure Mars gets back so we can help me take care of those kids. Got it. And then I walk back to the table, sit down, and pour another round. Grandmother, you're looking... At all of the things that have just happened, everything has come around. What is in grandmother's head? Brett's perception is that grandmother's seeing this young girl doing very big adulty type stuff. She made a huge bargain, conceivably with a devil, in your opinion, perhaps. And, you know, you've mm-hmm. got a bad thing. You're still carrying the box, right? I mean, is she on board with what's going on? Or is Nora looking at this saying, what the nine hells is wrong with these people? No, she she's on board. Nora understands that the box needs to be tended to. It needs to be kept out of the wrong hands. She agrees with Vassar that the best thing would be to destroy it, but it sounds like to do that would mean keeping it in town and within reach of any number of enemies that want it. That taking it underground and away is the quickest way to prevent anything bad from happening, and it's been a series of nightmares from the beginning. As far as Fionn's actions recently, she sees this as finals time. Fionn has made a decision that either is going to be pass or fail, depending upon the outcome. Got it. I've got a really good read on Maris and Fionn. So, um, Vassar and Nora, thank you very much for that. So, at this point, things wind down. Vassar, are you guys planning to stay here the evening? Oh, we can. I mean, we have all the bully boys that are guarding the place, so. Correct. And the beds are just upstairs, and you all have been drinking now for a few hours. And the gods know wandering the streets drunk in Avalon at this time of night, that's not a good way to stay healthy. Yeah. Excellent. So, folks will go upstairs and crash out. Is uh, His Majesty King Tom still following me? Absolutely. He will not leave your side. He will sleep on you, near you, by you, the whole bit, all night long. And they all slept soundly through the night, without incident. How am I feeling, Brett? Uh, you feel pretty good. You have a bit of pain in your uh, eye, eye hole. <laughs> your, your eye socket is sore. The muscle and the bone around it is not very comfortable. You instinctively blink, and the lid sliding over the... It's a smooth, polished orb, but it still has little um, uh, the carvings and such in it. So your eye blinking over it, you feel like you have grit in the corner of your eye, and you'll catch yourself periodically like trying to get the sand or the eyelash out, and then you go tick, tick, tick with the fingernail, like, oh, yeah, I have a rock in my head. <laughs> uh, the first thing you're going to notice when you wake up is you do not have monocular vision. You have perfectly fine binocular vision. You have great death perception. There's no difference there. From all intents and purposes, you don't have to operate like you only have one eye. You seem to be seeing perfectly fine out of both of your orbs. So you got that going for you. Awesome. It's nice when things like that work out. It is. Thus far. Exactly. I was going to say, the, the, the night is yet young, so we shall see what happens. All right. So, Vassar, are you going to do the up early downstairs breakfast for everybody, or is that – what's what's the plan for the morning? You're at your place. Everyone's at the iron wheel. Yeah, when everybody wakes up, I'm already cooking. 
Ah, up and cooking. Okay, good, good, good. What's the general plan of attack for the day? You guys going to get up, have Vassar's lovely breakfast, and then immediately head over to Chelly's and storm the sewers, or what's the plan? Yes. I think so. I love Vassar, man of action. Yes. There's no debating <laughs> that. I'm going to storm the sewers. Gods damn it. We gather our gear because we're going underground, so we'll probably bring torches with us and, you know, adventuring stuff. I'll go find someone from the Brotherhood of Sanitary Excavators and get a kit from them because they probably have, like, a work kit that they take down there with them for, for that's useful. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Very cool. While Vassar's gone, uh, I will, I'll just take a, uh, a cup of coffee and I will ask Maris, um, can I see those binoculars? The spectacles? The spectacles? Yeah, whatever they're called. Certainly be careful with them. When I looked at the lamplighter, just about burned my eyes out. Did you try looking at anything else? Too busy throwing up to look at anything else. Fish them out of pocket and hand them over. I'll set my coffee down. <laughs> they're um nice round little spectacles, wire frame, and they're black, like a flat matte black. Darkest, darkest, can't see through them like somebody painted over them practically. Oh, I put them on. So your uh, fake eye gives you an incredibly sharp stabbing pain right in the back of your tongue, right in the back of your head, and you... Yeah. So I'm going to assume you take them off? Yes. You have the visual effect of a lot of feedback. So, excuse <laughs> me, if you were standing in front of a microphone, you get the... That horrible sound. Yes. You get that in, an, in a uh, visual instead of an auditory version. So it just hits you. And like, God damn, you pull that off and the, the pain goes away. It leaves a, um, your fake eye, you basically feel like it's vibrating and your vision is wobbly. It's like you're, uh, standing on top of something that shakes or twitches like the earth is shaking underneath you. Eventually that just calms down and you can see plain again. Never mind. I'll hand the glasses back to Maris. <laughs> You okay there? I didn't do much better, sorry. I wonder if those are, like, for dealing with... It might be a class of, for me at least, the clash of magics. Huh. Grandmother, while Vassar is out fetching goods, what's up with you? I'm keeping an eye on Fiona. I'm definitely concerned about what's going on here. Um, she seems to be okay. It's just that is a rather severe choice to make, to replace one body part. So, just keeping an eye on her to make sure she's okay. Certainly a very grown-up thing to do, right? I mean, no ch no child would foolishly do that. It was a bold move. Vassar, you're out looking for one of the folks. There is a gentleman at one of the local little shops picking up some coffee and just talking to some locals. He's got this huge pipe wrench next to him and his leather pack and so on, and he stinks like a member of the Brotherhood of Sanitary Excavators. It's Muddy Joe. You've seen him before. He's been around. Muddy Joe? Yeah, he looks up, and he sees you, Vassar. He's like, Vassar, how's it going, my friend? How's it been? Hey, MJ, what's going on? It's 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 going okay. It's, it's been a little crazy lately. Things are uh, looking down. So are the are the card are the cards uh the cards still hot back at the at the iron wheel? I mean I know I I haven't had a lot to put down lately, but I'm really thinking I've I've got another score and I've got a new system. So I'm thinking I'm ready to hit the dice. You know I th I think we could do that. So so uh yeah, is the game how's the game at the wheel? I mean is it going? Is it hot? I mean how's the pay how's the payouts going? It's not really going at all right now, actually, MJ. Um. You might want to think about going over to the, the Silver Swan these days. That, that's where the, all the action is. The Iron Wheel is kind of like 
closed for a little while. Oh man, I was just, see part of the system is you go alphabetically, man, and it's wheel before swan. No, is it anti alphabetical? Which comes first? Is it wheel or swan? Is swan which one's first? I don't swan it's swan muddy oh my god puts his head in his hands that's the problem he's cursing and kicking fine 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 you know what i'll just i'll have to rework the system it's fine it'll be totally fine so um what what do you need what do you need well i would uh like to purchase some gear from you like because me and some companions of mine we have to go down into the sewers and maybe if you have a uh a pass of some sort that we can also purchase so that when we meet some of your brothers we could use that to uh not incur their wrath what are you going down there for? It stinks. I know. Uh, personal business. Now, most people do their personal business up here, and it ends up down there. Why are you going there? Y- you know what I mean, MJ? Like, some personal business. Hmm. All right. And, of course, my friend, I can help you with your gambling habit by greasing your palm a little bit for what I need. So, what you're saying is, you know, you've got you got an angle at the swan. Uh, I do, in fact, have an angle at the swan. You're telling me the dice are hot at the swan, and you got an angle that you can cue me in on as long as I get you to the sewers and where you need to go. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and also so that none of your brothers uh, give us a hard time while we're down there. Well, the best way to do that is if I take you. How far is this? I show Joe the map, and I show him where we're going. Okay, so you guys cut through Chelly's place. You go down, over, you go past the pit. You got to hook around Vera. If you don't dodge Vera, this isn't going to go well. Uh, yeah, you, I gotta go. I gotta go. Um, okay, so I will meet you guys at Chully's at like a couple hours. Give me a bit. I gotta go tell the wife. I gotta, I gotta make sure she's cool and that the kids don't get too riled up. And, uh, yeah, so let me go do that real quick and I'll meet you at Chully's in about two hours. Good? Uh, yeah, but here, take this first because, you know, I, I like to, like to keep my friends where, where they need to be and I hand, I slip them to 10 silver pieces. Ten silver pieces? He looks at you like, yeah. How illegal is this? It's a little. It's a little illegal. I have a question. How many days' wages is ten silver? Well, for him being a member of the uh, the Santa Excavators Guild, it's probably he's looking at a couple weeks, conceivably. And MJ, you get that same amount again once you get us where we need to go. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is worth it. It's definitely. And and you're telling me you've got you got an angle on the dice games at the Swan. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. As soon this as uh, as soon as we come back up, I will hook hook you up with the angle. So I got to get you there and make sure you get back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Two hours. Chili's place. I'll see you then. All right. Scampers off. Fion back at the Iron Wheel. It's it's really quiet. I mean, in like this, you guys have been in a number of events since you've been in Avalon, and they're normally pretty hopping. Even at this time of day, there's breakfast being served and so forth. The Iron Wheel now has been effectively closed for almost three, maybe four days at this point. So it's it feels really, really lonely and very, very dead. The place does not have, I mean, it has acoustics, right? But usually it's full of people and it doesn't echo like this. But at this point, it's kind of, you know, you take a hard-heeled boot and you clump on the floor, it just reverbs and everything echoes. It just feels very empty. Fiona, are you doing anything while you're waiting for uh, Vasher to come back or are you just kind of hanging? Are there any sticky buns? Oh, there's plenty. There's a there's a basket full of them, and they're only about half gone. Oh, good. What is everybody else going to eat? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I'll eat some sticky buns. I'll drink some coffee while checking my arrows to make sure that they are all still undamaged. And the rest of my equipment, just like, you know, my, my mama taught me. 
you are finding very, very minor imperfections that you think you probably would have glossed over easily before. And um, you take out the whetstone and files and you put the edge back on the blades. You touch up the fletching, rework it a little bit, tweak this, tweak that. Then you pull the bow out. You're like, wow, oh, my God, it's starting It's starting to warp here. Oh, my God, this, this, this. With your expertise in the bow, your fletcher skills and so forth, you're seeing all these minor imperfections that now seem to be glaringly obvious to you, and you can't believe you've ever walked around with this shoddy of equipment before. I can't believe I've ever walked around with this shoddy of equipment before. If you want to, Fionn, I mean, this is one of the things, obviously it's the eye. You know this. You're not stupid. Do you want to work with it? Try to work the imperfections out, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll try and work some of the imperfections out while we have time, and I also want to be feeding... Parts of these buns and parts of any bacon and whatnot to uh, His Majesty King Tom, if he's still around. Oh, he's still there. Do I see anything magically about him? Yes. Lord Thomas, this is not his proper shape. Okay. At all. You think it's possible that if you spend some more time focusing on it, or perhaps something else you're not quite sure, you could see more, but this is not his proper form. He's normally something else. Okay, I'm not going to let on that I know that. I will also uh, go to Grandmother. Uh, Grandmother, I've been thinking about something. Nora startles a bit. She seems to have been somewhere else thinking of something else, but quickly recovers. Yes, my dear. How can I help you? I pull off the ring uh, with a bird on it, and I hand it to her. We may need to make a quick escape sometime, and... There's the possibility of using this ring to turn into a bird, and I think that you should have it. That's very kind of you, child, but you do know I am able to take care of myself. I know. It seems that I have already gained the ability to talk to animals as well, and that is one of the benefits of this ring. Well, at least talking to birds. But I also got it from Uncle Liam. I I feel like it belongs to you. That's very kind of you, child. Thank you. She accepts the ring and puts it on. Grandmother places it on, you hear a flutter of wings in your ear, a bit of a caw-caw in the background, and then everything comes back uh, comes back totally normal. So you definitely feel that something has passed to you, and basically, from a system perspective, Fionn has given up any ownership or attunement to it and offered it back. It's basically free for the grabbing, as it were. So I do work towards attuning that while I'm waiting for uh, Vassar to come back. Morris, anything uh, on your party list before Vassar arrives? I'm going to take my mug of coffee and just kind of walk down to the uh, local square and see if I can get the daily news from if the crier is still there or otherwise just see if there's any postings or ask the urchins in the area if anything much has been going on uh, overnight. You want to drop a copper? Sure. I can drop up to nine. I'll tell you what. You spend the first coin, you get bits and pieces. You figure if you probably spend about five, six copper, you could maybe get the full story. No, I'll do that. I'll spread them around to the kids or whomever. So, last night, there was a raid on Chelly's place. Some noble bigwigs came down in a carriage. They came down in an actual carriage and guys on horses. They rolled up to Chelly's place, stormed in, and haven't left. Hmm, does anyone have any idea if there was a crest or anything on that carriage? Well, geez, oh, I probably kind of remember such a thing. Hang on, let me, let me see if I can dredge that up. 
<clears throat> I drop a couple coppers in the dirt and pick them up. And uh, I, did you drop these? Oh, oh, whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's that, that, thank you, thank you very much, thank you very Palm much. Palm them over to him. <laughs> There's a little family crests. The one thing that really jumps out at them, of course, is that you have the uh, the crossed the hammers. You've got the crossed hammers there, hmm. and it definitely looks like Violet's people. The ec- oh hammerites. Yep. Yeah, because the Eckerts are... Yep, she's an Eckert. So it had the Eckert crest? It's the Eckert crest, but it's subdued. See, one of the issues you'd discovered before, she the Eckerts are normally deal with Hermes, so the fact that uh, Little Miss right. Violet has gone off on her own would indicate that she's probably not a very prominent member within the family and is doing something to get Daddy's goat. Okay. So apparently, um, she's there... And um, that, well, at least if not her, there are Hammerites there and they have Chelly's place locked down. Or at least they are currently inhabiting it. No one has seen Chelly's body or seen him drag out in irons. Um, The Griffins are blissfully unaware that anything is happening. Hey, kid, come over here with me. We're going to go over to the nearest tavern. Okay. And going to order some really watered down ale. Give a mug to the kid so I can break a silver. Got it. Give him about a half silver's worth of copper and go spread this around your group. Keep an eye on front, back, top of that place. If you see anything that happens, send a runner over to uh, the iron wheel and have him ask for Mars. You got it, mister. Little little scamp scampers off. Vassar, on the way back, you've gotten a hold of Muddy Joe. You've got that squared away giving him some silver. He's a happy man. You got a couple hours before you need to head over. Any other plans? Nope, that's all. Going back to the Iron Wheel to gather my companions and gather my uh, weapons and some supplies, and then making my way back to meet Muddy Joe. Vaster's going to beat Maris back because he's he stepped out and he's having a conversation Then he's got to go to the tavern and get the kid a beer and all that good stuff. So Vaster, you'll get back and note that Maris is gone, but Grandma and Fiona are still there. When Vassar shows up, uh, Grandmother asks to see the map. Yeah, sure, here. So I don't know much about the city here, Vassar, but is there any way that we could kind of go around Chelly's place, like start in the sewers? Oh, why? It's very exhausting dealing with that man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, Grandmother, I've been there. We could ask Muddy Joe if he knows a different way in. He's going to be our guide. That would be, That would be so helpful. But we're supposed to meet him at Chelly's, so... Hopefully, if he's not inside, then we can ask him. But if he's inside, we're going to have to go inside. We will do what we must do. Is Morris back yet? Morris will be walking in right about now. Morris, you come in. Vassar is back. He and Grandmother are looking over the map, and they seem to be having a discussion. Can I grab Morris before he comes in? Can I maybe be outside waiting for him? Absolutely. You can You can do the whole, he's not here yet, Grandma and... Vassar are talking about something. You head to the front door to do a quick poke out to see where Vassar's at. As he's stepping in, you step out and kind of put a hand on his chest and push him a little bit, shut the door behind you. You two are in the street. What's up? I hand you a uh, piece of folded up paper that has a wax seal on it, and uh, it says grandmother on it, and I give it to you and I say, I feel like you're the only one I can trust with this. You'll know when to give it to her and open the door and go back in. I'll know... When they give it to her? You'll know. Okay, you're acting weird. Are you all right? Is it because of that eye? I've I've never had coffee before, and I've had like five cups. No, you had coffee the other day. 
No, I didn't. I did not drink any coffee. Yes, you did. Oh, wait, you weren't an adult the other day, were you? Hey, it's not an adult thing, okay? It's different. Okay. Well, it's cool that you're staying at the big kid's table now. All right. Well, I'll hold on to this and... Bite me, Morris. And I'll just go back inside. Slips it into his uh, cloak. The inside pocket. I've been wanting to say that for so long. No chance he had it coming. All right, Vassar and Grandmother, you guys have finished your conversation and those two come back in. Hey, what's up? So, well, uh, I got some bad news, guys. So I just went to kind of get the overnight news to find out what's going on in the general area here. And word on the street is that... uh, some toughs mounted on horseback, and uh, somewhere also came in a carriage. And it looked like uh, maybe an Eckhart carriage that had been uh, re-liveried to be for the Hammerites was outside, and they'd been in there for a while. No one's seen Chully uh, since they went in, and evidently no one's come out. Well, shit. Grandmother gives a heavy sigh. Uh, I gotta go. Well, where do you think you gotta go? I gotta go find Muddy Joe before he walks in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely do that. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I've got the kids watching the joint, but I didn't tell them to keep people from going in. They'll let us know if anyone comes out. Brett, how long has it been since I talked to Muddy Joe? 45 minutes. Hour. So, we're supposed to meet Muddy Joe in an hour. Should we all go with you, or are you bringing him back here? I will bring him back here. Morris, if you could go and tell those kids to keep Muddy Joe from going in that place, I, that would be good. You got it. We're out of sticky buns, too, so if he hasn't had breakfast, um... Priorities, child. It's the most important meal of the day, Grandmother. It's not supposed to last all day, Fion. Wow. Not for me, for Muddy Joe. Because there are none <laughs> left. I can bring some back on my way back, Fion. Vassy, you're hot-footing it over to Chelly's, and Morris is going to get the runners to do the same? I'm hot-footing it to Muddy Joe's place. Yep, but I'm not hot-footing it because prices will go up if I look like I'm in a hurry. Got it. So, Vasco, you're running to Muddy Joe's place. Marsh is taking care of the activity outside Shelly's place. Correct. Vasco, you show up. You see a woman. She has twins, daughters, um, that she's holding rather skillfully in one arm while trying to placate them and so forth. And she's got four other Rugrats uh, kind of milling around. She looks haggard, worn, but incredibly angry right now. She sees you, and she just points this accusatory finger at you, Vassar, and says, What did you tell him? Uh, well, uh... He said you guaranteed a big win. He said all our bills will be paid and that you've got it all covered. Really, Vassar? Really? Well, I gave him ten silver pieces. Yeah, Dad, that'll, that'll get us like a quarter of the way out of the hole he's dug me and our children. And then he gets Wah. 10 more when he's done with the job. So what's the job? Is he coming back this time? Uh, he just has to lead me somewhere in the sewers, like that's all. And then bring me back out. <sighs> Mommy, so I'm just hungry. you? Did just Daddy you? How many people food? is he bringing? <laughs> me and three others. I want three silver up front right now for me letting him go. <laughs> Where's Daddy? Okay, I get him real close to her. I'm like, look, this is really important. It's not even about a scam. It's about saving the city. But if you keep your mouth shut, and I mean really shut, and don't say anything about the fact that I was here or that you saw me or that your husband was associating with me, I pull out a gold piece and I show it to her. 
she has like about that long of looking excited, and then she was flat back to angry wife. Yeah, so? If he brings me back, I will just give this to you, not him. And then I put it back in my pocket. She watches your hand to your pocket, looks you in the eyes and says, deal. All right. Then your debts are all taken care of. You tell him that if he doesn't bring you back, he better not bother showing back. But real quick, where is he? Because if I don't get... If, if he's not here, he's on his way over to Chili's, and if he's on his way over to Chili's, he could be in a lot of trouble. Well, then you better go bail him out, because that's where he is. Oh, I run. Maris, you come out and talk to the kids, and they're like, hey, mister, um, there's some crazy guy outside Chili's, and he's kind of in a fight with some of the guards. Oh, shit. Hey, kids, extra copper for each of you if you can distract those guards for a second so I can disentangle that guy, or if you can try to separate him from them. In fact, make that a silver each. Boom, they're gone. Vassar, you show up outside Chelly's. You see Muddy Joe. He's got that huge, it's like basically a two-handed club, that pipe wrench he carries. It's just gigantic. And he's menacing some um, royal noble personal guard guy. The guy's in like full chain mail with a uh, kite shield, broadsword, and he's and the guy in the cha- in chain mail is looking a little nervous because his crazy scared skinny-ass, stanky dude is yelling at him and threatening him, you better bring Vassar out here because this is where I'm supposed to meet him and I'm not putting up with any of that crap. And that big wrench just bounces right off that guy's shield. A herd of like five little kids, you see this, Vassar, a herd of five kids comes swarming around. The guy, the guardsman with the broadsword is like, that's it. He took a blow at me. I can take him down. The blade goes up, and five, six urchins just swarm around Muddy Joe like, Dad, 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 no, Mom wants you. Dad, 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 Dad. They start pulling and tugging, and uh, the guardsman's like, Oh, you oh, the kids, oh, you lucky fucker. I come up to Muddy Joe, and I'm like, Man, shove off. Get your ass busted in front of your kids like that. What the hell are you thinking? Shoo him off, and then I start walking the other way. All right, Vassar. After a while, the kids get him around a corner, kind of dump an alley, and then the kids will take off. Muddy, Joe, are you okay? Did you go into Chili's? Because apparently there's a bunch of nobles there, and they're hammerites, and man, you smell terrible. Oh, God. Yeah, some lady got real mad at me when I walked in. I I was screaming for you and Chili, and they said that you guys weren't there, and I said, well, that's not possible, because I had had a job to do. I'm supposed to be guarding these guys down the sewers, and that just didn't make any sense to them, so they wanted some fool laid hands on me, and well... Bang, he just slams that wrench on his other hand. I put him down, and then they made me go outside, kind of pushed me out of the place. So, but I think I think I showed him pretty good. Lucky for lucky for those guys, those kids showed up. Otherwise, it'd all be stretched out. Yeah, good job, buddy. Okay, um, we're gonna go get some breakfast, and then we're gonna go down in the sewers in an, using an alternate route that you're gonna show us. <sighs> well, that's uh, well, okay. <sighs> I guess yeah, that, that makes some sense. I guess. So you got you got breakfast? You said. Yeah, come on. Oh, good. Mrs. won't feed me breakfast anymore till I get some more money. So, kids are eating fine, but she won't. She won't feed me nothing. You guys get back at the wheel. Eventually, everyone's there. Muddy Joe is uh, looking around like, "Hey, there's an empty basket of sticky buns." Told you he would want breakfast. I come in with a basket of sticky buns. <laughs> there you go. And various other pastries and some fruit. Perfect, Vassar. You gonna do introductions? Muddy Joe, this is Fionn. You can just call her Red, it's fine. Or One Eye, either way. That's Grandma. You can call her Nora or Grandma. 
that's Morris. He saved your life earlier, I think, because I, I, I saw him walking away. Pleasure to meet y'all, ma'am, lady. Good to meet you. I understand from uh, my friend Vaster here that I'm supposed to uh, take you guys down the sewers. You got some place you need to go. Don't quite know what would make a pretty gal like you and a nice, uh, um, 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 <clears throat> easy, careful, uh, lady like yourself would want to go down there. I don't quite understand that, but I'll be, I'll be more than happy to take you there, ma'am. <laughs> Just a little ragged hat to you. So, uh, Vassar looks at you. Um, are we ready to go? He's very un, he's very unnerved by the fact that there's two women that want to go down in the sewers with you guys. He's, he's freaked out by this, especially the older woman. That's freaking him out. Hey, look, Muddy. We're ready to go. Those two, they're part of my crew. Oh, wink, touch nose. I get you. I get you. Okay, okay. No, not like that. Yeah, just like that, red eye. Let it go. Okay. okay. So, Muddy Joe easily confused, but hey, you know, he's getting paid, so off we go. Um, Shall we then? So, he packs up. You guys have... Is there anything ex- extra, special, weird, wonky you guys want to drag down with you, or is it off to the sewers with us? Well, whatever Muddy Joe suggests that we should take with us so that we are not, like, unprepared for a thing, because he knows the sewers better than we do. That's hence why I asked him. He's got a big, bulging backpack, and he says he's got you all covered. He's got all the kit you need. Slaps that. We'll be right, we'll be right as rain when we get down there. You know what? Can we just stop by uh, Alchemist or Apothecary real quick? and For what? Like, get some, like, uh, camphor cream or something. So that Well, that's is- what you use this for. He hands out four little... Uh, Chunks of wool that are soaked in some kind of an oil and very heavily scented, and they have a strap on them. He goes, you just put this around your face, you'll be fine. Don't need it myself. Can't smell nothing with this anymore. Sounds good. Okay. Well, I, I have to admit, I never thought I'd grow a mustache. Those, hey, why not? I put a few of the sticky buns in my bag when no one's looking. That's all for this episode of The Streets of Avalon. Tune in next time to see if Muddy Joe's wife kills him, how our rogues get into the sewers, and if sticky buns taste just as good when surrounded by sewage. We look forward to running with you rogues next time.